0: what is up welcome to the hypothetical comedy podcast i am funky sam medina and i am athena rodriguez and we're here with comedian sarij a how you doing sarij
1: all good sam thank you for having me today on oh, your yeah, podcast man. thank you for being here yeah thank you so much how are you both
0: uh doing good doing good yeah how you had a late night last night you know did a mic and then came home and had to catch up on some wrestling Oh. Ah, yeah. after Mike, you caught up on some wrestling. Oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Do do a we show. We were
2: watching a show of wrestling, not wrestling each other. Yeah, <laughs> right. We weren't wrestling each other.
0: We were watching
1: wrestling on the TV. <laughs> okay, because I was like, you guys wrestling each other. Wow. <laughs> no, that's for off the podcast.
2: Throwing some elbows.
1: Yeah. I some mean, elbows. like, if you, re- I mean, you could wrestle each other if the mic goes batting and be like, "You weren't funny." I <laughs> that? You got to work on your laughs. <laughs> I, I usually wrestle the
0: audience and tell them that laugh harder next time. But you yeah, know that's a different, that's a different story. Mm. <laughs> that's cool, man. Hey, so uh, are you? You are in? Are you in India? You said.
1: Yeah, I'm in uh, currently in Mumbai, India.
0: Currently, so where are you from?
1: I'm from a state down south in India called Kerala. So it's known for its uh, beaches. It's a coastal state, a lot of oh, coconut that's trees. That's
0: cool. Are the beaches really nice?
1: Yeah, like really. Uh, they're the main tourist attraction. So uh, people come to the state to vacation, holiday mainly. So wow. but, That's cool. That's awesome. But you might be wondering why I have an accent. Uh, that's because I grew up in the U.S. as a kid and then moved back to India as a teenager.
2: So, oh, no.
1: so just putting that out there so that you both don't think this guy's a wannabe. He's just trying to press us for No, this guy I must actually... be
0: a scammer. No, I'm just kidding. No, I was dealing with the I was dealing with the scammer situation last
1: night, so that's why it's fresh on my mind. Either that, or you might be like, "Does he work at a call center? Maybe I should just ask him how to fix my phone."
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah. But... No. Um, that's cool, though. So, uh, how old were you when you moved from India to the U.S.?
1: From India to the U.S., I was just less than two years old. Okay, so this okay. was like long back in '94, and I'd been there for almost eleven, twelve years in so two different states. Not a lot of states.
0: time. Uh, not a lot of time in the India Beach. Yeah,
1: <laughs> no. I mean, but the thing is that I was in the Midwest. the US. I was there in Michigan for eight years and Iowa for four years. So and I'm pretty sure both of you from California would have jokes on these two states. Uh yeah, if I
0: cared enough to think about it, I might (laughs) (laughs) actually no I actually uh I'm a fan. My my favorite my favorite favorite college football team is the Ohio State Buckeyes and Michigan is our rival. So you know I would I would want to roast Michigan whenever I had the chance. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh yeah i totally get it because whenever i speak with like people from new york new york city the moment i say iowa and michigan they're like they start crapping on these two states literally with jokes and bonds and i'm like it's not that bad I mean, yeah, it's it's, I mean it's i know it's not happening like yeah like vibrant and cosmopolitan like your city but it's good for a quiet, decent life i mean Hey, we have to
0: drive an hour for civilization, so I understand. <laughs> Except yeah. the school that's behind us and people are mowing, but that's a different story. Um, So what brought your family to India? I mean, not to India, away <laughs> from away from India to the U.S.?
1: Uh, yeah, so my dad's a doctor. So he was already working uh, in the U.S. and he had worked in the U.K. previously. Wow. So it was just a case of bringing... Uh, me and my mom over there uh, around that time so that we could have some life and exposure in the U S that's basically it was for my dad's job.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Um, how did you, did you enjoy uh,
1: growing up um, in Iowa and Michigan? Yeah, I have bittersweet uh, experiences. Like I do enjoy a lot of the things like, you know, the fast food is, of course, I mean, here we get it in India, but there it's a distinct flavor. Uh, of course, the roads and, you know, the, you know how people conduct themselves, very nice for the most part. But yeah, sometimes the kids used to tease or make fun sometimes because I'm pretty different from the rest of them. I've experienced that too, but... Overall, I miss it, and I look forward to coming back sometime very soon, so
0: hell, yeah, that's cool. I mean, it sucks that you kind of got you know teased a little bit, but you know they're they're all but they're probably all white kids there, you know they've never seen anybody that's not white in their life, so <laughs> yeah that's that's sad though, um.
2: I mean that, but also kids will try to find
0: anything to
2: tease you about. I feel like. Yeah. Cause no. I got bullied a lot as, as a kid. Yeah. So me too. they'll just like they'll go for anything. They go for the throat. So whatever you're like uh self-conscious about, they can read it on you and they try to go for it. So I don't know.
1: Yeah, Tina. <laughs> I mean <laughs> Sorry. I've been watch I have been binge watching A lot of these American high school movies in the last one or two years that I haven't watched before. And every one of these movies is stereotypical with like a bully and someone getting bullied, high school, you know, football jackets. And I'm like, is this really? Because I didn't do high school in the US. So I'm like, is it really that much? Or are they just out of creative new ideas to depict high school? (laughs) I don't know.
0: (laughs) No, watch the high school movies from the 90s. They're way better. Yeah, I've seen some of those. (laughs) So what brought you guys back to India then when you were, I think you said 11?
1: Uh, I was 13 when I came back. So uh, I came back primarily because most of my family relatives are in India. And my dad wanted me to have like an exposure to not just the US, you know, life and culture, but also not lose touch with Indian way of life and culture as well. So that was the main reason why we moved back. Because a lot of the times Indian American kids, when they grow up fully in the U.S. or outside of India, they lose that touch and they can't speak the mother tongue or uh, they don't like Indian food, Indian movies. And it becomes very hard for the parents later on when they want (laughs) them to go back to India. They're like, no yeah are wow. they're not willing, to. but in my case, it was easier primarily because every summer, uh, when school's out, I used to visit uh, India for one to two months, so I could bond with my relatives. And when it came to moving back, it was pretty easy. I didn't. I was not very. I was not really fussy about it. I want. I wanted to do it at the time. So
0: that's pretty cool. Um, I, I never thought of it like that though. Cause especially you left at two years old. So you left at such a young age. So if you do grow up in the U.S., I can see kind of losing your original culture a little bit. That's crazy. Absolutely. Yeah. I never thought of that. Um, what are some of the the, the differences uh, between the U S and India just as far as like life goes?
1: As far as life goes. So I know that in U S uh, I know that they say academics is important, but over there they also emphasize on extracurriculars like sport, music, and a lot of socialization. But in India, it's at the school level at least, it's like they still want you to focus a lot on the studies and what the grades that you score. And they compare it between kids and all that. And even after school, there's something called as – tuition that we have in some of the states so where kids go for extra tutoring just to get that top level marks because it's very competitive here to get into some of the best you know colleges or universities so I know a lot of kids who don't have a life unfortunately uh, that's the main difference that I saw but thankfully my dad never put me in tuition he was like you need to have a life too and I was doing pretty well and he never forced me to like be the best or be at the top. He was like, try to be among like a certain person kyle, but like don't slack off, don't fall behind. But in, but you gotta balance it out.
3: You yeah. You can't be yeah. a complete
1: you can be a complete book bum. And now you and now your dad's over there going,
0: I didn't push him, and now he's a comedian. What did I do? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh that's, that, that's <laughs> Oh yeah but you'd be surprised to know that a lot of people here in India are venturing into stand-up comedy especially in Mumbai and a lot of them have like an engineering background and stuff and uh, they make jokes on that just on what it's like to be an engineer and... But then they get it because all the people in the audience are
0: engineers too, probably, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly, cool. Sam. That's cool. They'll do
2: great in Silicon Valley. They would, yeah. <laughs> if, they ever, if they
0: ever came over here, it's the same thing. Everybody's engineers, except for like us, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't get pushed enough. Um, so at what point did you discover like stand-up comedy? Was it when you're in the US? Was it when you're in India? It was in India,
1: actually. So I didn't know too much about stand-up comedy before that. I have seen like Seinfeld, but I didn't know it was called stand-up comedy when he does those opening bits. I just thought, okay, he's giving a talk to people and people are laughing. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> That's how I termed it. But uh, it happened in India when I was in college and I saw one comedian, his name was Saurabh Pun, Very funny guy. Um he was talking about like cultural differences within india and he was rocking it and i was like wow this guy is amazing hats off to him but it was after like watching another stand up comedian uh, he was getting a lot of laughs on his political takes and various other issues and i was like wow this is something that i was like can i try it out because i like how people laugh and enjoy you know performers, I used to do poetry, like open mics poetry, but you don't really oh, okay. get laughs for that. Right. But <laughs> so, it's, still, it's still kind of uh, some stage experience. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, no doubt. I mean, that's where it really began. Like after coming to Mumbai, actually, because my job brought me here, I started exploring open mics. And I did poetry. I did some storytelling. And, oh, yeah, I did storytelling where I talked about my U.S. experiences and the embarrassing stuff that I've had in school or with different people. And it got some laughs. And uh, I was not intending to do stand-up comedy. It was just storytelling, but it got laughs. One or two people came and said, Suraj, why don't you consider doing stand-up comedy? You have the knack for it. And I'm like, yeah, maybe. But I was a bit hesitant at first. I It took me a few months to actually get into, what do you say, i my first open mic in stand-up comedy. Uh, then I realized I didn't have the, I had the premises, but no punchline. That's the problem. I was like, how I, how,
3: That's the biggest how problem I, in comedy.
1: That's in the how do I write problems. a punch? How do I write a punchline? I was clueless for a few months. Uh, some places people laugh, some places people are not laughing. Some comedians are like, Suraj, you need to have the punchlines. Premises are open, okay, but you need the punchlines. Uh, But then the pandemic happened, and uh, there was this trend that went online, which was like, "I have a joke on dash, like some topic, but dash. That dash would be the punchline that you fill in for that. Like, I have a joke on silence, but (laughs) then, yeah, and then you write nothing after that. So (laughs) that's like that. I started seeing that trend and I was like why not try to you know write a few of these one-liners myself whatever I think of and I was writing like 20, 30, 40, 50 in my Instagram stories I was posting them and I guess a lot of people got tortured by it because they didn't expect that sudden flood of jokes from me but that really got me like you know thinking and uh, I got out of that rut of figuring out how to right, you know, punchlines.
0: Wow. That's amazing how you just like kind of didn't really know. And then you, you just toyed with it a little bit and you figured it out.
1: Yes. That's how I figured it out. And and I did more open mics, both online, offline. Uh, And a lot of things would work. But then I found that basically here it's the people, they prefer the comedians to perform in the regional language or at least in Hindi, so my Hindi is not very good. I prefer to perform in English. Uh, so it's sometimes a hit or a miss uh, based on whether the people understand or grasp what I'm saying. Uh, but after a point, I thought, why not try with the folks abroad? Like, you know, over in the UK or US, Canada. That's when I discovered a lot of these open mics on Eventbrite. Then that took me to displaced comedians group. And from there, I really had a, had a good time. Like, I realized, yeah, these are the people who probably would get me well or get me better. Yeah.
0: yeah absolutely. Um, how long did you do comedy before the pandemic hit?
1: Oh, I started just right before the pandemic, like end of 2019. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. That was the phase when I didn't know much about punchlines and all that stuff. But yeah, apart from writing those one liners, as I said, there wasn't. I also took a workshop with one of the comedians. Uh, her name is Aditi Mittal. Uh, she's a pop- popular comic in India. So she was giving like a course on the structure of the joke and samples, examples. And she wanted us to like write based on something like a personal fear that we had mm. and find the funny in that. But unfortunately I couldn't figure out what was so funny about being afraid of swallowing tablets and pills. Uh, at, least <laughs> at, <laughs> at least at that, like, it's funny for people, but I was like, not able to put it in a joke-like manner. Like I can say, yeah, I was afraid. And I was like, every time I took a pill, I'd be like, <clears throat> and dad would be like, swallow the damn thing. And <laughs> stuffing the pill in a banana, putting it what? in my mouth. <laughs> like saying, now you swallow it. You don't don't be afraid of choking on the tablet. I was like, see, now you both are laughing because I'm able to dramatize it and I have a better idea of how to deliver it. But at that time, I was I was clueless, like how to come up with the funny in that. So uh, I wrote something else altogether about Mumbai and my struggles with Hindi and all, which were pretty funny, but that kind of disappointed the the comedian who was coaching me, <laughs> she was like, I wanted you to focus on your fear and you went somewhere else. <laughs> <But> <laughs> never, but, but nevertheless, it helped. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't have thought those things if I didn't go to her course. So, and you're
0: like, I did focus my fear and then I didn't want to do it because I, <laughs> I was too scared, <laughs> <laughs> ran away from the fear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. what was it like in India when the pandemic
1: hit? Oh, in India, it was full lockdown. So my world practically went upside down. Uh, so if you're like before the pandemic, normally the life would be like you have a maid and a cook who would come to the house to do the cleaning, preparing your meals. Yeah, I know both of you won't <laughs> relate to that in America. And yeah, it's not no. like that at all. When, you're, when we're in America, we have to do it ourselves. I totally get it. Someday. Here, though, we have someday. Yeah, so here we can like get someone to do that and manage things, going to office and uh, and going outside for recreation, socialization, and suddenly lockdown was announced. They weren't allowing people outside to come to the our housing colony or you know for cleaning or cooking, and I had to pick up cooking like like that. Like I barely oh. knew much. I had to pick it up. I had flatmates, thankfully, or apartment mates who I could, you know, seek help from or observe how they make food. But, uh, yeah, my world got turned upside down, and it was like, oh, I was feeling really bad. And also, if you talk generally, like not just me personally, there were, like, a lot of migrant workers in the city, like people who come from other states and cities who work in Mumbai uh, for their livelihood. And suddenly because of the lockdown and no work and stuff, it was a mess in terms of the fact that they wanted to go home. Like just be with their families mm-hmm. where they originally were from and they were not able to go home easily. And it was a huge mess and very chaotic and because we are already overpopulated it's a fact that we have the highest population in the world. So Um, we got to say that our government did try to do its best on what it thought would help to contain the spread of COVID. So,
0: Yeah. I mean, locking down was kind of the best situation for everybody at at that point. And it just sucks that those people, one, they weren't able to to get work and two, they weren't able to go home either. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: Exactly. Circumstances, I guess. Where do you go? yeah right like in like what happened was when i had to go out for shopping for groceries yeah grocery stores and supermarkets had these long queues of people waiting for their turn to go in because social distancing and yeah same, once you get it and, and once you get in there's like a timer like you have 10-15 minutes to get your stuff and get the heck out oh uh, we weren't
0: timed that's interesting
1: yeah, technically, they, I mean, they don't officially time, but they have like staff to observe, and they'll know who has been there for like a little too long. And they're like, "Please go. There are people outside. We need to let them in." So, uh, and I remember the very beginning, like before they, the government said that masks were mandatory. Uh, I took it unfortunately a little lightly. I went out. I went to the shop with my apartment mate to get some groceries and stuff. I noticed a lot of these people were having like their face covered and I was like, is it official or what? And I didn't have anything on. I was not carrying anything. My apartment mate was not wearing, but he had a spare cloth for himself. Uh, apparently a police officer came. Like He was on his bike. He was like, why you both don't have your masks on? Uh In Hindi, he was asking, and we were like, oh, shoot. And this apartment was able to cover himself up easily. I was like, oh, man, what am I? I was a bit tensed. I was like, and I just checked nearby medical store. I'll quickly, he was like, no. He was like, take off your shirt. In front of all the people, he was like, "Take it," as if to use my shirt as a mask around my face, which means I would have been, my oh, oh my God!
3: So
1: it, it's real. He was like, take off your shirt. In Hindi, they, they would say like uttar," which means like take off your clothes. So like kapre uttar, kapre uttar. I'm like, sir, please. I didn't want to get into that situation. And I thought maybe worst case he might just drag me to the nearest police station and maybe I don't know, put the charge sheet or beat me up. I don't know. Like police, you never know what can happen. And I've had trouble with them before on very minor things. So uh, but thankfully a lady in the line, uh, she saw that I was in trouble and she had an extra handkerchief and she said, take this, uh, just put it around. And I got saved and the police then said, don't let me catch you without your face covered. And he drove off. And I was like, fusely thanking that lady, like you saved me from, I don't know. Going all, wrestling, going, all, going all wrestling mode outside. Yes.
2: I was going to ask because um, I think I think a lot of people were getting like a view through social media, how different countries and different states were dealing with like, you know, um, quarantine and lockdown. And one of the things I remember uh, was from India where if people were past their their um what what is that curfew mm. like a curfew time that the police were going around like smacking them like hitting them with sticks and just like go home go and i was like that sucks so i yeah, wouldn't oh man i would not want to like go against them that's, that's so crazy scary. that they can
0: just like run up and hit you <laughs> i mean i guess they can here hear too because what can you do about it really
1: um, <laughs> how was how was it over there like uh when the pandemic started how was it there for you and for the people in at least your state i know each state probably approached it very differently so yeah each what was your experience like
0: me. um, i mean similar to yours it was locked down it was a uh, grocery store uh, i was waiting to get into the stores um it was hand sanitizing a lot you know like um rinsing off groceries and stuff when you get home, things like that. Because like if people have COVID and then, then if somebody has COVID and they're in the store and they pick up macaroni and cheese and they put it back on the shelf and then you pick it up. I mean, that's not that's not good, you know. Um, but it was okay. I mean, <laughs> there Zoom was a lot of
2: weird stuff. It was so weird because it was such a mixed bag. Yeah. Like we had people that were just like, y'all are crazy, and yeah. then they get COVID.
0: <laughs> we had so many rebellious people that was just driving me crazy. There's anti-maskers. There's all these different people. It just felt like there's it was an,
2: on and on.
0: Yeah, and then like uh, you know, you got um, like there's this one preacher, like um, pastor, or something, but I don't know what he is. And he was doing this big thing where he was getting like viral because he was saying, you know, COVID's a punishment from God for you guys. And then he got COVID and died. <laughs>
2: It was crazy stuff like that. And and it was just like.
0: Oh, I think I he was mean, saying COVID was a punishment of God for like being gay and stuff like that. I think that's what it was. And then he ended up getting COVID and dying.
2: It was so ridiculous. And they were doing like super churches. They were trying to uh, some people were trying to like have like huge uh, party barbecues to try to like get everyone infected so that they had like the herd uh mentality type thing oh like
0: like chicken pox like if we all yeah. get it then we'll all be immune to it after that, that but that bad. <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't work
1: i mean over here like i remember taking one of the rickshaws and uh it was like the onset of summer when the pandemic broke out and uh, one of the rickshaw drivers he was telling me that uh it's now getting hot don't worry covid will die in this heat <laughs> how 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 wrong he was! But no, they were oh there were
0: so many different theories. They were saying that too here that COVID couldn't live in heat or whatever. Yeah, no, they were saying that here too. Like there was all these different theories about it, and I mean, none of them are really correct. COVID thing.
2: can't get you if you have O type O blood. COVID can't get you is that you true? Or does yeah. that not be true? Uh, and then COVID can't get you if you um, are a heavy marijuana smoker. Like there was all kinds of like theories and things. And, and it, it just, it was, it was a wild time.
1: And the it's worst so thing wild. was, and, and, and the worst thing is that the U.S. president of that time suggested to inject bleach, to save yourself from COVID. And I'm like, wow.
0: Yeah, no, they, the, U, the U.S. did not handle it very well uh the us was not prepared for it and um it was a it was a joke you know at first like nobody nobody they didn't take it seriously until it was almost too late until it was out of hand already yeah you know they should have just like locked down right away it, you know maybe a month or two before they even did and i feel like it would have been it have been less but you know who knows that's just my theory yeah, yeah i mean the i was president reading got about it. that <laughs> the president got it and he was driving around in his car waving at people that was that, wow, that was wild <laughs>
1: There's a city, I think, in California called Corona. I wonder what kind of <laughs> jokes would have been happening. Oh yeah, during <laughs> yeah. that
2: time Corona.
1: Yeah, so there's a beer called yeah. Corona, and yeah. they
0: uh, they made like a post or something during the pandemic and said, you know, we'll give you X amount of money if you can get the the virus changed to the Bud Light virus.
1: <laughs> I mean, I know, and those memes showing. Corona beer, separate from the rest of the beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: That was. I mean, there was, there was some fun out of it. You know, the the whole online um revolution, I guess, was was really fun. You know, going online and hanging out with people and doing comedy shows online and and meeting a lot of people, meeting so many people from all over the world. Absolutely, Absolutely. Sam.
2: Mm-hmm. Har- like, really creating a, a community where people were kind of like-minded as in like uh, we all wanted to, to connect with each other. And it really fostered that, that sense of community when everybody was basically like quarantined into their home, they really had no ability to socialize with other people beyond the internet. And I think that's one of the reasons why um, sometimes we look fondly on that because yeah, it was really scary. It was really like um hard for a lot of people, but being able to say, "Hey, I know you're scared over there in, you know, England or, you know, uh Michigan, but we're here if you need us. We're hanging out. Come join our Zoom and, you know, take a take a load off and you'll you'll be okay."
1: Absolutely, Athena. I mean, it's like this wouldn't have happened if it weren't for the Pandemic, basically, you know, like this online community, meeting people, like, got to meet a lot of people within India, outside of Mumbai, and of course abroad as well. And I'm like, if it weren't for the pandemic, it would have been just in Mumbai. I would have just known people, yeah, and it wouldn't have been as like exciting or interesting. And sometimes it gets a little tough to perform in Mumbai. I would have been like, ah, what's the point? But because I have done online as well and I've seen how sometimes what doesn't work with some people works with others, Mm -hmm. that has given me that sort of, you know, motivation like to continue and be like, not to feel too bad anyway, bombing or sometimes not getting the, what do you say, your joke land. Uh, It's part and parcel of comedy. We all know that. So, Mm -hmm. but, but yeah, it's a good, it's an absolute learning curve and uh, yeah.
3: I like
0: it that's awesome so uh did you did you do a lot of zoom comedy
1: when you during that time uh, i mean i would say the first six months of the pandemic uh, i stayed away from online mics because i was very skeptical like is it gonna work or not and yeah a lot of people i was i was like probably it's not that was my thought and i did a couple of online mics but i sub. what do you say I registered as a poet, I didn't do comedy, I was like, let me just oh. do poetry, and I did observe one or two people who attempted comedy, but everyone was on mute, or many people were not having their cameras on, and I was like, Damn, this is so sad, this guy is cracking jokes, and it feels so bizarre, and I'm like, I don't want to do it if it's going to be like this, and so I stayed off of it for six months, but then then I saw that it was continuing so many people were doing it and I was like okay I'll give myself five mics I'll try out five mics if like, say like three or four of these doesn't work out or I don't feel good then forget it I'll wait till things open up and I'll do live only but uh, thankfully it did work out only one mic the response was very weak or poor but it did work out in the others, and I started getting ideas and all that. And, in fact, around the time I was doing comedy, I used to look. You, you, you can see me on your screen, right? So. Yeah, it's, to, it's audio
0: podcast, though, so nobody else
1: can. <laughs> yeah, no, no worries, but I'll just show it to you. So this is how I look. You might laugh, uh, but, yeah, I had long hair and a beard. Oh, nice. Oh,
2: wow, much different, though. You do
1: look like a poet in that picture.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah but uh i could really capitalize on this look at that time uh to do my material and some people said i looked like a certain popular figure uh, as well yeah indian jesus is what they would call me <laughs> that's perfect and you could do jokes about that i
0: mean not now but
1: then you could have yeah, I did actually. I fully capitalized because, but it was not like I was playing the character. It was more like venting out of the fact that people always compared me to him, and I was like, "This is what people say. This is the kind of jokes I'm. I become the butt of." And uh I try to change the look by putting a bandana on, like saying, "Now I don't look like Indian Jesus." But I swear I'll come after you if you say that I look like the Indian Jack Sparrow. I will. <laughs> like, like. I had the bandana on so I fully capitalized on it and even now I still milk it when I'm doing the zoom stuff I just change the background I'm like yeah this is how I look and <laughs> now you know why I'm looking like this now because I was really fed up of the comparison
0: <laughs> you can say uh, this guy called me Indian Jesus I got really mad and
1: I walked away over a lake <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's so so much potential is there and that's cool that's funny. But, That's
2: great. But yeah. I've but 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 I've also
1: but but one thing I've learned while doing comedy is that sometimes I used to be a little bit too experimental. So sometimes I would think that something that would really be funny can sometimes be a little bit what do you say, offensive or not really okay with some people or many people. Mm-hmm. So I had yeah. to like I I learned some of that in the hard way as well. So I had to like be a little more cautious or uh, think carefully or word myself in a way so that people don't think that okay, I'm directly attacking uh, because even I make jokes on poets as well uh, in India but I have to make sure that I say not all poets but certain poets they do like a certain thing and then I act it out so that they don't think that I'm attacking them because I've oh. been told so rich, I felt attacked and I'm like I was not necessarily talking about you per se but yeah. that's that's actually i didn't realize that but that's kind of the trouble of
0: starting your comedy career online because you know you you should be experimental and you should try different things and in the very beginning you really don't know what you're doing so you're just throwing things against the wall and seeing what sticks you know and and doing it online you're going to all these different communities all these different areas and you're you are bound to offend somebody at, at some
1: point with yeah. something in that experimental period Exactly. Like all the, what do you say, Jesus stuff, even if I make an Instagram reel out of it, I just only put like select bits where I know that people are not likely to, very unlikely to get annoyed. Like if I say I look like Jesus, but now I cut it off, people would stop calling me that. Now they call me this instead. That I don't think people would make much fuss about. But if I start going into the proper jokes, like when I was the butt of jokes, then people may be like, what is this guy talking about? How dare he say that? Even one yeah. of my friends, one of my friends who is actually a Christian, he, I told him all my Jesus jokes in private, like he wanted to know what I perform usually. So I told him all that. He was laughing at most of the stuff that I said. After I said all this stuff, he was telling me, Suraj, uh, the thing is that because you're my friend, this is all funny, but if it was somebody else saying these jokes, I would have been pissed off. So I was like, oh, I can see
0: heavily religious people, heavily religious people. Oh, he's talking about Jesus, you know, like whatever. Yeah. I mean, you're going to offend somebody with something.
2: It's all about the structure of the joke. Like you were explaining, you know, the, the verbiage is very important. The way that you structure your joke is going to be the way that you connect with your communication. So, yeah, it might offend some people. But that should make you feel like, oh, a challenge. I can rewrite this to make it not offensive, but still get my point across.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Figure it, like, look at multiple perspectives or different yeah. angles to it. And uh, even when I did, what do you say, like, talking about how I look like Jesus and all. I did it in one online mic. I was just hardly one year into comedy at the time. So, One of these comedians, he was based in the U.S., California itself as well. Uh, He gave me really good, solid feedback and constructive feedback, I must say. Like He was like, see, you're performing these bits okay, but make sure that you give a new angle or something different. Don't be a hack. Don't do something hacky. Mm -hmm. Um, That's what he emphasized because I didn't realize at the time it's very easy to do the basic stuff like convert water into wine and da 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 people will laugh no doubt but from his perspective he was like see another person with long hair and beard can say the same thing too yeah. uh so he was like find how you can bring your angle to it your personality or you know who you are into it so I was like yeah that's very good constructive feedback and yeah. That's, that's how I try to approach it. Like anytime I write, I try to think, is this hacky or has it already been done? I tend to <laughs> Google it a lot. Like, is this kind of fun wordplay already there? If it's there, I'm like, oh, bummer. I hate the fact we have 8 billion people on this earth. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that joke's been written 4 billion times.
1: I mean, sometimes I feel so good and proud of what I've come up with because I actually into it then i'm like Ugh, somebody else has already put this up i hate you no i can't do this <laughs> without yeah, that... risk being told that you plagiarized
0: no yeah yeah definitely uh what was it what's the what's the comedy scene like for you there like what was it like when the pandemic started lifting and stuff and you're able to kind of go out and uh into the world
1: again uh so yeah things gradually started up around early late 2020, like December, November, that time. And people were coming in gradually, but of course, social distancing, keep your masks on, except when you're performing, lower it. But yeah, so it, it was, it was fine. It was, what do you say, like a restart sort of over here. And people were getting into the groove of it. Then of course the vaccination Things, you know, like if you need to have at least a first certificate or a fully vaccinated certificate to enter certain buildings. uh, If you're not, you can't attend as an audience or a performer. So, uh, but yeah, so that's how it was. It was a gradual reopening. Then again, we had a second wave in April 2021. And again, things closed up and we had to stay indoors. And that was the time when I started discovering the what do you say, the mics outside of India because I was kind of bored with doing the ones in India online because, yeah, I hear the same kind of Hindi jokes and, you know, all that. I was not feeling motivated. So it's, yeah, that's when I discovered, you know, some mics on Eventbrite and uh, then I mingled with people and started doing, you know, that's where it started. So, well, so they had, they had
0: online comedy mics that were based on India communities,
1: yeah yeah, it that cool. actually sprung up during the pandemic. We had like so many guys starting open mics uh for, for people to you know perform that's and great. comedians generally yeah, so that is really cool. I did not know that that's awesome,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, and what do you say like? comedy is subjective so there are people who will enjoy there were people who won't enjoy there will be naysayers and then there'll be some people who would support and be like let's give this guy a chance and i remember like when i restarted comedy in october like with the online mics after six months of not doing any of the comedy uh, i was yeah doing pretty well i was capitalizing on my looks and whatever other thoughts and ideas came and I managed to get a what do you say an open spot at one of the online mics based on the performance of how it went the first time. So I was like, oh, it's going well. That
0: mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: that is really cool.
0: Yeah, that's a good feeling too. Mm-hmm. Is it you is it and they go, oh, I want you back, and you're like, oh, really? You want me <laughs> back? <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay, so there is some scope, and yeah, just try to build on from there. So that's awesome. That's that's how it was basically. Also, another thing is that when I had the long hair and beard, uh, because we had to wear a mask going out, so there were times I used to get mistaken for a lady as well. So <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did talk about that too, like how I went to one of the shopping streets, and uh, one of the guys was like, Adam, uh, would you like this nightgown?" Uh, <laughs> and then he notices my chest hair and I, because it's partially there he was like oh you're a guy sorry go 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 <laughs> and he starts laughing and I'm like oh god you don't have to laugh and but then I was like telling people that maybe just maybe I should try once because if I'm getting mistaken for a lady I should try wearing a mask and go to a a nightclub or a pub that has ladies nights Ah. And then see if I can get a free entry and free drink. Experiment <laughs> with that. But the only problem is if I have to drink, I'll have to go like open the mask and just do like you something. have to like pour it in <laughs> yeah. all weird. Yeah. yeah, just so I don't show off the beard. <laughs> the minute you take the mask up, they're like, "Oh,
0: he's got a beard."
1: <laughs> I I did this bit at one of the online feedback mics and. other comics who were there they enjoyed this and they gave me a good feedback saying that one thing you can add as a tag is that instead of free wine or what do you say free drinks it's free water boating for you so i was like yeah that's a good tag why not (laughs) so
0: oh what's the comedy scene like out there like because you said that most people prefer uh them to perform in their in their native language is there a lot of english-speaking comedians out there
1: there are a lot of English speaking comedians in India as well, uh, but of course they have their own like audience and people who would come. It's, see when you're already established, it, it's easy, but when you're starting out finding those people or promoting yourself, it, it, it is a challenge. Sometimes I'm envious of those comedians who, ha- who are performing in English but have that base already set. And I'm like, wow, yeah, I just I want you, these though. people to.
0: I Notice me have their fan base set too.
1: Yeah. English comedian is there as well. Um, and um, But not only that, it's I would say that English comedy works well down in the south of India because India has like 22 official languages. Wow. Uh, I didn't know that. I thought it was like two or three. <laughs> 22. And... Uh, Hindi is mainly spoken uh, outside of the south, like, you know, in the center, north, that's how, like where I am, basically. So, But down in the south, there are regional languages, and they don't really speak Hindi much. So for them, English works really well, uh, and they're more comfortable with English over Hindi. But over here, Mumbai is okay, Mumbai, Hindi, English. But in Delhi, if you say, like the capital of India, Delhi, they prefer Hindi. If you try in English they will either not get you or they'll just make fun of you for trying to even speak in English. They'll be like, hey what are you doing? Speaking in <laughs> Hindi right now. <laughs> <laughs> and, they'll, and they'll abuse you in, in, in Hindi itself. <laughs> Do most people in India speak English? So if you take the total population, only 12% of the entire population speaks English.
0: Wow. wow. So then, I can see why they
1: don't really prefer it in like, English. What are
0: you doing? <laughs> like, oh, twelve percent of this audience will enjoy you. <laughs> but,
1: but absolute, but in absolute numbers, uh, that twelve percent is very significant because we yeah. are almost what one and a half, one point six billion. So it's like number of billion, English speakers yeah, here is more 5. than <laughs> is more than the population of some countries in this yeah. world. So
0: <laughs> wow. So yeah, that twelve percent so, is a lot bigger when you think about the totality of people. Mm, absolutely.
2: So, so what what does your family think about you um, pursuing comedy?
1: Oh, I mean, my family is pretty fine. I mean, they see they encourage me to do it as a hobby, particularly, especially my dad because uh, my dad also like he's a doctor, but he also gives talks and you know, on life skills and sometimes he, and he adds his own element of humor to his own talk that entertains the folks as well as educating them on what he's talking about. So. That's awesome. So you kind of got that from him a little bit. Yeah.
2: Public speaking.
1: Exactly. So he has been one of the guys who was really during my childhood mentored me uh, to become overcome my stage fright to audiences because I used to be very shy and afraid of speaking and during his talks he would take me be like, you talk about this for two minutes, maybe three, four minutes and you get that confidence to talk to strangers and I remember every time I'd be like so anxious and nervous and, <laughs> and I used to be sometimes even stiff also, like I once had an emptying opportunity in eighth grade in school here and uh, I the effort to memorize my lines like I didn't want to read out of a paper which is something that people typically do uh that effort was something that I guess people might have found commendable but when I watched the recording afterwards I realized I looked very stiff and tense and artificial like next up we have this person (laughs) on the stage and I'm like damn, now I understand what the the kid who was two grades below me said when he said, Suraj, you sucked. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I was really upset. He was like, how can you say that? I put in this effort. And I saw the recording. I was like, now I see what he means by why he didn't like it because I looked very stiff and (laughs) very fake. (laughs) It took time. It took time to figure out how to just be casual and just – Conversational, and now it's like, yeah. If I perform, I don't really care, like if I'm like fumbling or if I'm, I don't overthink. I just speak as it is. It's oh, yeah. it's time. Like, yeah, like talking I think to open a mics, friend. open mics have helped in that sense. Like I mm-hmm. just, talk how I would want to talk. Uh,
0: so uh, tell us about your poetry background a little bit. How did you get involved in poetry?
1: Poetry, so uh, in school, I used to, like, do a lot of word plays and because I like playing around with words and associating things based on my feelings, experiences, emotions, or what's around me. So I just like to write just – I like to do a lot of rhymes. So uh, that's how poetry started. It started around in 10th or 11th grade, and um, I used to submit some of the poems and, um School magazine, yearbook, and uh, the teachers would really appreciate that. And it was something that was that's how, where it started. And uh, I did like not an open mic, but we had like a poetry sort of jam in college that uh, was started when I was in my final year. And I used to just recite whatever I had written in school and stuff. And uh, people would give good feedback or snap their fingers if they liked certain lines. So that's pretty much. And again, I have to thank my dad for that in the sense that my English used to be very weak as a kid. I know I was in the U S but I struggled with English in my early years and uh, my vocabulary was very limited. I do have comedy bits on that, but I would do that some other time in a mic for you guys. So, Mm -hmm. uh, but vocab was weak. My dad had to work with me a lot. Like, Every day, five words a day, make sentences, and he would give me a test uh, at the end of the month. Ten words, make a sentence, seven, eight, right, you pass. He really wanted me to, like, improve because it was really not up to the mark at that time. He was like, other kids are ahead. You can't afford to fall behind. So because of that, you know, his support in improving my English, everything, that could sort of perhaps help me with my poetry and, you know, being able to speak and perform. So a lot of it goes down to how my dad's been there for me.
0: Uh, yeah. So. That's incredible. Uh, where is your dad now? Is he is he in Mumbai or is
1: he in a different area? Oh, he's currently in uh, Kansas city. Oh,
0: okay. Oh, I guess oh it's very, <laughs> very far from you. <laughs> uh, I mean, has, yeah. Has he I, I was there. You, does he have a chance to see you perform comedy?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, once online, uh, so he was giving like talks over the last two, three years online to folks based in Kerala. Uh, so my dad asked me, do you want to do form for the set of people? They would be mostly like elderly, you know, like 50, 60 plus because my dad's age and stuff. But he was like, do you want to try? And I said, okay. Then uh, he said, try to, he gave some advice, like try a mix of Malayalam Malayalam is my native language that's another that's the language of Kerala so like try a mix of Malayalam and English don't just do English alone uh, or if you're doing English at least use simple words and maybe emphasize so that they understand what you're saying it doesn't go over their head so I'm like yeah and I got that and he was like try to just be anecdotal don't do jokes but be anecdotal so that people will understand your personal experience and laugh at that and I got like 25 30 minutes of time to do my stuff and response was mostly good got some constructive feedback as well but um yeah that's one thing also I've learned that sometimes jokes may be hit or miss but if you have personal experiences or stories or anecdotes that usually works a lot better with wider audience than jokes per se with where you have a setup and punchline and then people may either not get it or might get offended or Mm -hmm. a lot of the stuff that i write tends to be on pop culture as well like related to movies superheroes and the problem with that is uh only certain people who know those stuff get it so then Mm
0: -hmm. yeah a lot of a lot of audiences really enjoy that connection, getting to know you, learning something about you, and if you say, "Oh, I do this, this, and this," and then they're interested because they do similar things or you know whatever, and and you can do the pop culture and the movies and things like that, but you kind of got to let them get to know you as well.
3: Yeah,
1: absolutely. So that's what I pretty much focus on nowadays, uh, and I, and I avoid trying to talk about Batman and Superman. <laughs> <laughs>
0: like, <laughs> Boy, what's your what's your best batman joke i gotta know
1: my best batman joke uh <laughs> i mean i have performed as batman on the on the stage as well oh so, wow i a wore a mask and now unfortunately i don't uh if you go to my instagram handle definitely you'll find some reels of me doing Batman stuff. I'd be glad to share that with you afterwards. That's
0: awesome. Uh,
1: But one of the stuff that I talk about is like, um, you know, I just use typical Batman lines and change it into scenarios of comedy. Like I'm not the comedian. This open mic deserves, but the one it needs and stuff like that. You either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself bombing on the stage Like, those kind of like those kind of things. And there are people who enjoy it also because it's spoofing and whatnot. But there are some people who think it's also ridiculous. And especially in Mumbai, I faced that when I tried it offline. Like, some people would be like, what is this guy even trying to do? Two comedians, not audience, but other comedians in the lineup, they'd be like, what is he trying to do? (laughs) Huh? <laughs> or, the, or or they would apologize to the audience saying sorry you had to see that and i'm like oh, oh. that's the worst yeah. that's the worst i mean yeah it's like that kind of demotivated me for a while because i was like i'm at least trying to do something different i don't want to be like mm. just the guy who's doing set up punchline and what any." But you know you have to distinguish yourself sometimes. So I just try to do the Batman stuff because I want to entertain and all that. Yeah. And-, and like you said,
0: you're in a, you're being experimental. You're still new in your comedy life, and you're just kind of seeing what what your voice is.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and it turns out my voice is that of a raspy person. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, I with
3: that. It happens. <laughs> yeah. It happens.
0: That's cool, though, man. Uh, I feel like you were set up to be a comedian. You know, your dad has a public speaking background. You kind of were raised into that with the poetry. And then he taught you the English words and stuff when you were younger. And here you are. That's amazing,
1: man. Thank you so much, Sam. And, of course, it's been a pleasure, what do you say, chatting with the both of you. And I hope that we can have, what do you say, do an online mic or something. Yeah. like.
0: Yeah, probably mm-hmm. soon, hopefully soon. Uh do you have anything uh anything coming up any any projects or anything you're working on?
1: At the moment, no. I'm sort of on a unofficial hiatus from performing. Uh it tends to be an on and off thing at times, but uh I don't know. All I can say is that I'm on Instagram and I would love for people to just uh, check out my content whether, you know, be it the Batman stuff or my past Stand up performances, so I can be found at at the rate a w w y a p u n. So that's ayap pun. Okay. So awesome! Well, thank you so much for joining us. Yes. Thank you so much, Sam. Thank you so much, Athena. It's been a pleasure.
0: Likewise, likewise. And as far as me, you can find me at Funky Sam Medina across the board.
2: And I'm at She Shines for You, all spelled out, no numbers.
0: Awesome. She shined for you. Okay.